Oh my gosh, how much fun. Well, there, there is so much we love about that song from 1991. 1991, I was a teenager, I was in college. Uh, summers, I was living at home with my parents, and, and I remember that song on the radio. And one of the things that's so great about that song is, is the way it recognizes all that wisdom that our moms give us. Uh, look at some of that again, we'll put it up. Uh, your life is a gift, uh, be home before the dawn, don't take more than a mouthful. That's really good advice there. Uh, but the other part I want you to notice in that song, what he's singing there while my mom says all those great things gives me all of this great advice it doesn't matter because I'm always on the run uh, which is the other very truthful part of that song your mom could be the wisest mom in the world but that doesn't mean you listen to her uh, out of curiosity how many of you have a wise mom let's just hands raised uh, you'd say you have a wise mom and how many of you do everything that she says Yes, so, so much less there, exactly, which is the point of that song. Moms, you're off the hook. You're off the hook. You're not responsible for the actions of your kids who are always on the run. Uh, well, happy Mother's Day. And uh, as I get started this morning, let's just recognize something important that we can honor about moms. They are always so full of great advice. And there are times when all of us need a mother, uh, like when you get sick for the very first time living on your own or when you're going through a horrible breakup, or when you are faced with the task of moving and packing up years worth of stuff. Uh, but have you thought about this? Sometimes mom is 500 miles away. What do you do? Well, get this, one woman in New York City came up with an idea. She started a business called Need a Mom, and for around $40 an hour, you can rent a mother. <laughs> For $40 an hour, you can have your very own mother figure help you make tough decisions, provide emotional support, or make you chicken soup when you're sick. And, uh, and the best part is, because she's not your real mom, there's no judgment included. Uh, <laughs> this woman is named Nina Keneally. She's in her late 60s, and she came up with this idea when she realized she was dis dishing out free advice to young people in her yoga class. And she's a mom of two adults who, who, who come to her for help. She figured, why not try to monetize that? And so Need a Mom was born, and uh, she put this on her website. You can call her when you need a mom, just not your mom. <laughs> well, this morning, we're going to talk about wisdom together. And as much as wisdom is kind of a mom thing, by that, I mean, it comes with the mom territory, we're going to recognize today that wisdom is an everyone thing. The Bible tells us we are all supposed to be people of wisdom. Uh, in Proverbs 4, verse 4, which is in the middle of a passage where a parent is speaking to their son, the passage says this, Take hold of my words with all your heart, keep my commands, and you will live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. I love that it uses feminine language there for the word wisdom. She will protect you. Love her. She will watch over you. That's intentional. Wisdom is like a mother. Those two, wisdom and moms, are made to go together. And I love that this writer says, get wisdom. Can we all say that together? Get wisdom. Let's, let's talk about that for a minute. Before we do anything else, can we take a moment and talk about the difference between being wise and being smart? Smart and wise are two totally different things. Smart is usually thought of a few different ways. Uh, sometimes smart has to do with your intelligence. 
Like if you get an IQ test and, and you perform well, if you get a certain score or above, you might be considered smart. Or sometimes we think of smart as having to do with, with retaining knowledge. Like if you do well playing along with a game show, Jeopardy or whatever, you're smart. We think smart about being what you, you know. Um, I'm not so sure that that is the same as wisdom. Uh, in fact, I, I wanna try something with you. On your way in, you were given a piece of paper and a pencil. Will you pull that out? It, it, it's the one that has a bunch of fill in the blanks on the front, and we're gonna get to those blanks in a minute. By the way, I heard we ran out about seven minutes into the service, so you, if you came a little bit late, you might not have gotten one, but would you pull this out and the pencil, and uh, we're gonna actually use the side without the blanks, the other side that is completely blank. That's what we're gonna use right now, and I am gonna ask you six questions. I'm gonna give you Six questions, and I want you to write down your answers in order there on the paper. Um, nobody else is gonna see this. You're gonna self-score it when it's done. And I, I'm only gonna give you a couple seconds to answer each question, because I don't want you to overthink this, all right? Whatever you do, do not say your answers out loud, okay? Let's see how smart or knowledgeable or intelligent we are in this room. Here we go. Question number one. Do they have a 4th of July in England, yes or no? Question number two, some months have 31 days, how many have 28? Question number three, is it legal for a man in California to marry his widow's sister, yes or no? Question four, divide 30 by a half and add 10. What is the answer? That's a math question for you. Question number five, a doctor gives you three pills, telling you to take one every half hour. How many minutes would the pills last? And finally, question six, how many animals of each sex did Moses take on the ark? This one's multiple choice, 1,499 or zero? Okay, six questions, you're done answering them. Score yourself, let's see how you did, how many you got right, all right? Question one, do they have a 4th of July in England, yes or no? Yes. The answer is yes, they have a 4th of July and a 5th of July and a 6th of July. They, they have all the days of July in England. All right, question number two, some months have 31 days, how many have 28? 12, right, all of them. Every month has 28 days. Every single one of them has at least 28. Question number three, is it legal for a man in California to marry his widow's sister, yes or no? No, because he's dead, that's right. Uh, a man who has a widow would be dead. He couldn't marry anybody. At least I don't think you're allowed to marry anyone in California if you're dead. Okay, question number four. Divide 30 by a half and add 10. What is the answer? 70, 70 is the answer. I didn't say divide by two, I said divide by a half. By one half. Okay, question number five. A doctor gives you three pills telling you to take one every half hour. How many minutes would those pills last? 60, 60, because you take one right away, one after 30 minutes, and then the last one after 60 minutes. And final question number six, how many animals of each sex did Moses take on the R? 1,499 or zero? Which one of those three? Zero, the answer is zero, because it wasn't Moses, it was Noah who took the animals with them on the ark. All right, out of curiosity, 
Did anybody in here get all six? Did anybody get all six? We only had two people at our outdoor service go, one person, anybody get all six? No one? One person in the back, let's hear it for him. One person got all six. You are the wisest among all of us here. Uh, Actually, I don't know. I don't know if that little quiz tells us anything about whether you're smart, intelligent, knowledgeable, wise. All it might tell us is that you're suspicious of any pastor trying to play mind tricks on you, right? But I have you take it to say, knowing the answers to those questions is not what makes you wise, or catching on that all of those are trick questions is not what makes you wise. Wisdom is something so much greater than all of that. Um, A.W. Tozer said this uh, about wisdom as we see it in the Bible. He said, wisdom, among other things, is the ability to devise perfect ends and to achieve those ends by the most perfect means. It sees the end from the beginning. Let me, let me paraphrase that. What he's saying is wisdom is the ability to know what a really good ending to a situation would be, and then to come up with a perfect way to get you to that perfect ending, it sees the end from the beginning, and you should know. As he wrote about wisdom like that, he was not writing about you or me, wasn't writing about himself or some character you see in the Bible. He was writing about the kind of wisdom that we see come from God. Think about that. Only God has the ability to devise a perfect ending and know what perfect means need to happen to get to that ending. God sees the end from the beginning. And here's the remarkable thing. Proverbs 4 tells us that you and I can get God's wisdom. It tells us God is happy to give it to you, to pass it on to you, and make you wiser. But let me ask you a question. Aren't there a lot of things giving advice these days that would make you think that they are wise when they're far from it? Um, you can go to the self-help section on Amazon. You can turn on a daytime talk show. You can go on YouTube and search for advice on anything, literally everything you need advice on on YouTube and find somebody's wisdom. That doesn't mean it's good. And whether we realize it or not, often what's going on in our head there is a challenge between God's wisdom and some not so good wisdom. Those two things battling it out to help you choose between one thing and another. And sometimes they line up, the guy on YouTube and God or the book you're reading in, in God. But sometimes it's hard to know the difference between God's wisdom and some not so good wisdom because our standard of whether or not something is wise is simply this, does it make sense? Does it make sense? Well, then it's wise. That tends to be our test. Let, let me explain that. One of the most common pieces of wisdom, I think we've all heard this at some point or another, is do what makes you happy. Has everybody had a friend or somebody tell you, do what makes you happy? And as I've been told that, I start to think about it. It makes sense. Life is short. You only live once. And being unhappy makes the people around me unhappy. I'm doing a disservice to them if I live unhappy. And as I think about it, that makes a lot of sense. And I can decide it's wise because it makes sense. But the problem is, if I do what makes me happy, you guys, I love being here with you, but I would have slept until 11 a.m. today, right? <laughs> If I did what makes me happy, I would drive way faster than I am legally allowed to on our freeways. What makes me happy is not good wisdom. In a moment, it, it might make a lot of sense, but like the quiz you just took, something making sense in one moment doesn't guarantee it'll make sense in the next moment. And there's gotta be a better way to determine whether wisdom is good wisdom or not, especially when we have competing wisdom coming at us 
and there is. And I want to show it to you this morning in the Bible. Um, we're in this series right now, Choose This, Not That, and we've been trying to help you discern what a wise choice might be ahead of time before you get there. Now, we haven't used the word wisdom much yet, but if you think about it, that's really what this series is. I, I want to make sure you understand something. Wisdom is not about how old you are. You can be 15 and have incredible wisdom. You could be 85. Um, students in here, you can fail biology and still be the wisest person in your class because it's not about smart. You amen that. I get it. It's, it's not about how much knowledge you retain. Uh, professionals, you can be the youngest person who works at your law firm and have God's wisdom because it's not about experience. You can never have made it out of the state of California and have wisdom because it's not about how far you've been and all the things you've seen in this world. You can be a high school dropout or you can have just graduated from Yale. It doesn't matter because wisdom is not about having made certain right choices in the past. What matters is how you let God's wisdom permeate you be a part of your thought process moving forward. What matters is how you do what verse four says, take hold of God's words with all your heart. It's not about smart. It's about letting his words change you. And God invites everyone to get his wisdom. And you gotta know, life is different when you've got it. And so today, I wanna show you some things in rapid succession that the Bible says you can decide ahead of time that would be wise. I know each week we've been kind of sharing one thing at a time, acceptance over judgment, real over perfect, but there's actually a passage in James that talks about these two kinds of wisdom that we've been talking about, the good and the not so good, and it just fires off way after way after way that you can know which is real wisdom. And so I thought today, Mother's Day, might be a good day to share those with you in honor of our moms who are so often wise. And here's where that paper comes in that you were given with blanks. I'm gonna give you seven choices you can make to choose God's wisdom over not so good wisdom. And I'm gonna ask you to fill them in as we go. And then at the end, I'm gonna ask you to circle the one that you think might be most necessary in your life right now. It's not gonna be all seven. Which one is the one most necessary for you? So let me read you James 3 about these two wisdoms and then let's pull rapid fire a handful of really important things you can get to help you understand or have God's wisdom. James 3, verse 13, take a look. Who is wise and understanding among you? Well, let them show it by their good life by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic even. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven, look at this, that is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Okay, this passage says what we've already been saying, that there's God's wisdom and there's some not-so-good wisdom, and you can choose one or you can choose the other, and let's pull some things from this that we can resolve or choose over something else. The first one has to do with this word right here, humility, humility. About 20 years ago, uh, my wife Andrea and I had moved away from California. We were living in Michigan. And uh, we came back on vacation to visit some friends and some family. And there was a new theme park at Disneyland Resort called California Adventure. It had just opened. 
And our friend said, let's go, you gotta check it out. And so uh, we went down there and one of the attractions was a show that you could go to that was like a theme park version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Does anybody remember that show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Um, if you don't remember it, it was a game show. I think at the time Regis Philbin hosted it. And uh, the, the contestants had to answer questions. I think there were like 15. And each question you answered earned you more money as you went up the ladder. And if you got to the final one, you would win a million dollars. Now, the questions were always multiple choice. And uh, you had three lifelines if you didn't know the answer. You could phone a friend and get help or you could uh, pull the audience for help. They would ask the audience in a survey and they'd show you what their answers were. Or you could eliminate two answers, which would make it like a 50-50 chance of getting it right. So Disney had an in-park version of this. Um, you wouldn't win a million bucks, unfortunately, but they would get hundreds of people in a room and it looks just like the set and they play the game and you win prizes instead of money. And the way that they determined who would go down to the center and be the contestant on the stage is with one trivia question that they asked the entire audience. The whole audience had one multiple choice question in front of them and a little keypad on the seat back in front of them. And whoever punched in the answer the fastest would be able to come down. Well, you guys, they asked the question and my fingers were so fast that I buzzed in and I won. So they call me down to the center of the stage and there's lights and there's music all around me and it is very intense. I am nervous, but how hard can this be? I'll at least get up to seven or eight of these 15 questions, right? And the host, the host asks the first question. I don't remember what it was anymore, but it was simple. I got it, didn't even have to think about it really. And my nerves settled down. I started to get comfortable. Um, same thing happens on the second question, easy. And now I'm not nervous at all. In fact, I'm starting to get a little bit cocky. But then we get to the third question. Now the third question is usually very easy too. And here is what the host asked me. What language do they speak in Austria? A, German, B, French, C, Russian, or D, Spanish? And I say, well, you know, Regis, or whoever this guy is, that one's pretty easy for me. You see, I grew up watching The Sound of Music, which is set in Austria, the Von Trapp family. I know Austria. And in the movie musical, The Sound of Music, there is a song called So Long Farewell, and all of the kids sing, but there is this one part where one of the Von Trapp daughters sings, adieu, adieu to you and you and you. And in junior high, I took French for two years, Regis, and I know that adieu is how you say goodbye, so long farewell in French, so the answer is B, French. And the host went, uh, are you sure about that? Are you sure that's your final answer? You don't want to use a lifeline? And I said, I have never been more sure of anything in my life. I'm saving my lifeline's final answer. And it was at that moment that the you lose sound came over the speakers and I was embarrassed in front of all of Disneyland and, and I came down to earth and I was humiliated. It was bad enough to get it wrong. It was just horribly embarrassing to use no lifelines, no time to double check final answer. And then I gave this huge speech about Sound of Music <laughs> on how I knew I was right. And you know what it was? It was arrogance. Why would I do that? Oh, I know why. Because I had knowledge. I didn't have wisdom. The Bible talks about this in 1 Corinthians 8.1. It says, we know that we all possess knowledge. Even Sound of Music trivia is knowledge. 
Then it says knowledge puffs up. When we think that we're wise due to the knowledge we have or our intelligence or our education, we can get arrogant. Knowledge puffs up. Wisdom doesn't do that. Back to James 3. Wisdom looks like humility. What can I choose to know that I'm using God's wisdom instead of not so good wisdom? Humility. So your first blank's there. Resolved. I will choose humility over ego. When given a chance to brag about how much I know, how well-educated I am, how much experience I have, when given a chance to stroke my own ego, I will choose humility. Okay, question for you here, and I don't want you to answer yet. Don't circle it yet. Is it possible in the world we're in where people say you gotta sell yourself, you gotta puff yourself up, is it possible that, that this is the one you're gonna circle in a few minutes, and you're going to say, God's wisdom tells me humility is going to be a better choice. Let's look at another one that it gives us here. Verse 14 says, if you harbor selfish ambition, the writer says, some would suggest that wisdom is being very me-oriented. Where this comes from is, is the thought that we are so wise because of all that we've achieved, that somehow the world owes us. We are entitled some way. So me first, you second. But true wisdom, God's wisdom, is the opposite. It's considerate. It considers other people's feelings. It puts other people first. I was thinking about this a few weeks ago. I am not sure if anyone in the world does this as well as moms. Janelle Williams Paris wrote it this way. She was mothering two infant twins, and she wrote, motherhood cultivates the spiritual discipline of self-denial every single day. Naps for little ones determine the reality of a nap for mom. A baby's cry for milk tears a mom's carefully constructed schedule to pieces. Sickness demands a steady healing hand. Motherhood requires a daily denial of good things I once considered essential. She goes on in her article to talk about the importance of self-care, but many of us with really considerate moms would say, we would not be here if they chose themselves over us as we grew up. And that same selflessness that can turn you into who you are today is wisdom given from God to you for you to put others first as well. So resolved, I will choose consideration over selfishness when given the chance. Let me show you another one mentioned here, back to verses 15 to 17. He writes about envy is one of the things that not so good wisdom leads to, but then says that God's wisdom is pure. This one is about your heart, the heart with which you do what you do. When you take pride in your wisdom and then you see somebody else being recognized for their wisdom, it just eats it to you, doesn't it? Sometimes I'm that way. Uh, here, can I confess something to you? When I lost on Millionaire, you know what my biggest concern was? That no one else during the next 30 or 40 minutes of that show beat me. That nobody make it higher on the millionaire game than me that day. How sick is that? <laughs> it, envy is, if I can't have what you have, I want to keep you from having it. But instead, James tells us you could choose a pure heart. You could choose to make the decision that wants what's best for the other person, pure. 
Pure is one of those descriptive words we hear all the time, pure gold and uh, uh, pure snow or pure juice. And what pure means is to be fully something without other things mixed in that would make something less than what it is. So when you add artificial flavors to the stuff that is squeezed from an orange, it's no longer pure orange juice. It's not the real thing anymore. We call it uh, tang or sunny D. It's, cl- it's close to the real thing, but it's not the real thing. Okay, Something that longs for other people to fail, envy, is no longer pure. A heart like that is not pure. Pure wants the best for everybody. So resolved, I will choose a pure heart over envy. Question for you, is there anyone out there that you are secretly hoping fails? And maybe not so good wisdom tells you it's okay for you to hope for that. If so, you might find you're going to circle this one. This might be an area to resolve ahead of time. I will choose pure heart over envy. Okay, let me give you a few more we find in this passage. I'm going to go quicker. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, then peace-loving. The next thing we can choose from to be wise, peace-loving over decisive. Truly wise people are not entertained by, did I say decisive? I meant divisive. (laughs) I hope you're decisive. Don't be divisive. Peace-loving over divisiveness. Truly peace-loving people thrive in peace. Now, now be honest. Do you ever start arguments just for the sake of arguing? I'll, I do that. Not wise. Um, I have talked so much about living at peace. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Make every effort to have peace and mutual edification. We don't have to go far into this, but just putting it simply, wise people know when to not start a fight, when to stay out of a fight, and when to get out of a fight. Let me ask you, would a characteristic of yours be peace-loving? Let's hit the next one. It says the wisdom comes from heaven. Pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive. Wisdom involves submission to God. Can I tell you, that is so not me, to be submissive. Um, I learned a lot about submission when we were first married, and we got an English bulldog. We didn't have kids yet. We bought an English bulldog, and uh, bulldogs are stubborn. And one day we were in doggy adolescence where our, our dog knew that we were in charge, but she still liked to challenge our authority all the time and fight us on the littlest of things. And so I was reading these books on dogs, and it said that dogs will do what they do until they know that you are boss, until they know who the alpha male of the dog pack is. And when they finally get that, they'll stop rebelling so much that they will submit to you. But the trick is for you to make them think that you are the alpha male of the dog pack. So I would do everything I could to show her that we are the dominant ones and that she was to be submissive. And one day I'm home alone and she was growling at me and just pushing me to my limit. So I finally picked her up and I turned her over on her back and I pinned her down and I yelled, I am your alpha male. At which point, Andrea walks into the room and says, what are you doing? (laughs) Okay, God does not work that way. He will not pin us down to prove to us that we are to be submissive. But you've got to know, if you want to be a person of wisdom, this is one of the characteristics. Letting God have the authority and allowing yourself to be led. Resolved, I will choose submission over rebellion. Let me ask you. How are you at submitting to God? I I know many of you made commitments to let God lead a long time ago, but you're not very submissive to his leadership. You love to challenge his authority. 
Wisdom involves deferring to him. He will not pin you down. Okay, a few more. The wisdom that comes from heaven, it says, is full of mercy and good fruit. Okay, this one is talking about compassion, but not just compassion, because we all feel compassion. We feel something for somebody who, who, who is in need of some sort, right? This verse says we couple that feeling, mercy, with good fruit. This verse is saying a person who is wise doesn't just feel compassion, but they do actions that come out of that compassion. They do something with it. They make a difference in the lives of people who are in a bad spot. Man, God's wisdom is good. See, there's a lot of not so good wisdom in this world that would cause you to feel something, encourage you to feel something, pity on someone, feel upset about something, that's your mercy. God's wisdom says, okay, well, that's good but how about you act on it? How about you don't just post your solidarity on social media, but you go do something about it? How about you have not just mercy, but mercy and good fruit? Okay, this is one that you can resolve. Resolved, I will choose mercy with actual fruit over apathy. Two characteristics left. Wisdom is described as impartial and then sincere. Now I talked about judgment a few weeks ago to choose acceptance. I think that applies here when we talk about impartial. Uh, don't judge somebody on their outward appearance is really what that means. So let me cut to the final characteristic. The wisdom that comes from heaven is sincere, sincerity. People who are wise are real. They are genuine. What you see is what you get. There's no inauthenticity in them. This runs very counter to conventional wisdom, which would say what? A fool shows his hand. You're supposed to play your cards close. God's wisdom, undisguised, genuine, real. Is that you? Is sincerity a, characteristics, a characteristic of yours? You can resolve sincerity over deceitfulness. And we're gonna talk more about that concept in a few weeks. For now, I wanna ask you, as you look at that list in your hand, is there one of those seven that you think this is the one for me right now that I need to focus on doing different than I have been. This one it is the part of God's wisdom I need to pursue. Go ahead and circle the one that is for you. And I will tell you, wisdom does not come easy. It must be pursued. You don't just wait for it to happen to you. I hope as we went through them, you thought through whether or not they described you because you can be wise. It takes pursuing those things. Now, don't get me wrong. Those are not a checklist of things for you to go home and do. They're a description of who you can be if you commit to pursuing these for your life. In fact, before we close in prayer, I want to read you one last verse. James 1.5. It says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault in them, and it will be given to you. So the very first thing we do in pursuing this type of wisdom, we ask God. It is promised right there in James. He will give it to you. So to get started with the pursuit of wisdom today, to get started with becoming a person who can be described the way we describe those who are truly wise, let's go to God now and ask. Would you stand with me? And as you're standing before we pray, I'll just say this. If there are any of you here who lack wisdom, and by the way, if you don't think you lack wisdom, you lack wisdom. Ask God and it will be given to you. So before I close us in prayer, I'm gonna give you 20 seconds or so for you in whatever way you know how 
to talk to God silently and you just ask yourself about the one that you circled. God, I think of all the different religions in this world that people have created that have gods who hold wisdom to themselves to be the wisest creatures in the world and they do not give their wisdom to mere humans. And I look at you, God, the real God, who says, oh, if you lack wisdom, I'll be so happy to give it to you. Get wisdom. My goal is to make you wise. God, thank you for being that kind of God who does not just have wisdom and lord it over us in such a way that you look at us and go, what idiots. Instead, a God who says, I will tell you everything I can. I will give you everything you could possibly know about what wisdom looks like in your daily lives. And so God, we commit right now to pursuing wisdom. I am in a room full of people, God, who circled one of seven things. Some of them might have circled a few. And God, they are asking for your wisdom. So would you give it to us the way you promise? And all God's people said, amen. Thanks for coming today. Happy Mother's Day, moms. We'll see you next week.